My name is Tarl Cabot. The name is supposed to have been shortened in the 15th century from the Italian surname Caboto. As far as I know, however, I have no connection with the Venetian explorer who carried the banner of Henry VII to the New World. Such a connection seems unlikely for a number of reasons, among them the fact that my people were simple tradesmen of Bristol, and uniformly fair-complexioned and topped with a blaze of the most outrageous red hair. Nonetheless, such coincidences, even if they are only geographical, linger in family memory. Our small challenge to the ledgers and arithmetic of an existence measured in bolts of cloth sold. I like to think there may have been a cabot in Bristol, one of us, who watched our Italian namesake weigh anchor in the early morning of that 2nd of May, 1497. You may remark my first name, and I assure you that it gave me quite as much trouble as it might you, particularly during my early school years, when it occasioned almost as many contests of physical skill as my red hair. Let us say simply that it is not a common name, not common on this world of ours. It was given to me by my father, who disappeared when I was quite young. I thought him dead until I received his strange message, more than twenty years after he had vanished. My mother, whom he inquired after, had died when I was about six, somewhere about the time I entered school. Biographical details are tedious, so suffice it to say that I was a bright child, fairly large for my age, and was given a creditable upbringing by an aunt who furnished everything that a child might need, with the possible exception of love. This is Dark and Stormy Nights, the podcast where we read the first page, and only the first page, of every novel ever written. I'm your host, Vin LeBate. And I'm your other host, Ben Blackberg. And tonight we're talking about Tarnsman of Gore by John Norman, published in 1966. And joining us tonight is no one. We are solo for this one. So, are you familiar with Gore? Uh, I only know it as a punchline. Yeah. Uh, you know... Uh, especially uh, a punchline that came up when we were talking about what we would be talking about today. Mm-hmm. That is my uh, the extent of my knowledge. Yeah, I have the the general impression that it's like a massive Conan esque series that starts clearly in 1966, as we just learned. But I know very little of the details, other than also there's like a lot of like creepy sexual philosophy. Yes, the the. The, the legend uh, that I am vaguely aware of is that uh, it was published and then it became so far out there that it stopped getting published, mm. which to my mind also says that it was not selling very well because uh, I don't think publishers um, have morals. Yeah, certain, and certainly they're less... Uh... <laughs> Certainly in 1966, they were a little less shy of publishing things that were uh, questionable in this sort of sense. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I don't know if you are a, a fan or a follower of certain Twitter accounts or, or, or Reddit pages that just have covers of 
pulp novels from the 60s and 70s. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the amount of uh, sleaze is something that I, I, I don't think uh, would uh, cause anyone back then to uh, blink, but uh, it's still kind of shocking. Yeah. You know, uh, nympho librarians and uh, women who just can't get enough. Yeah. Yeah. In terms of title, gore is pretty tame. <laughs> yes. Uh, it is a good point. Oh, and that reminds me of the other thing that I have heard anecdotally about it. Uh, and I don't know that you and I could speak to this, uh, but I have heard that it is a popular series in uh, military barracks. I have not heard that. And I'm just going to put a question mark there. Yeah. Interesting. This is um, us, us on Zoom going like, eh, maybe. Huh? Shrug. <laughs> um, you'll notice I put two covers in the image folder for this one. Uh, because one of them is the modern cover for the actual edition that I grabbed this page from. And it's very like, I got this off of Fiverr, has that sort of very low budget digital painting to it. Uh, I am uh, trying to open it now. Uh, which, uh, or I see cover three, looks like the, maybe the original, the man in red hair and uh, does he have a bow and arrow? Yeah, I grabbed a couple. So cover three, which we're talking about here, has like really a, a very Dune look to it. Yes. Uh, uh. Like it's it's very stylized and weird. And like if you look at the early covers, you can tell why this series sold because the other one, just um, listed as cover two here, uh, the original is very much that Frank Frazetta weird nude barbarian really interesting horrific monster scene kind of thing with uh, uh, a a uh, naked woman who looks uh chained yep uh and yeah no this is sort of a classic cheesecake fantasy yeah i i do like there there's like that weird beast uh who who has a um a seat uh on its back yeah it's like like almost oh what is it's not a palanquin yes yes that is yeah that that that, that is the word i was reaching for mm. yeah like that's the thing about all those classic cheesecake fantasy covers is that there's usually something on them that's just like extremely interesting in terms of monster design mm-hmm. and this thing is is like like a whale cow <laughs> very angry yeah and it there is something about the, uh, the 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 series from the seventies. Like, uh, I went recently to a, a used bookstore in a small town in Texas, mm-hmm. uh, and pawing through a lot of old books, um, there is something to that that seventies series look, where you just know, like, oh, th- this you know, like this might still be published today. The author is a pseudonym owned by the publishing house, and they just put out, hmm. you know, one story about the the spy named Spider uh, hmm. every year, uh, and somehow it sells. Like this kind of has that, like, oh yeah, this is just it. It's it's it is what it says on the cover. Is what yeah. I'm going to say. Writing on that cover. Do, do you know anything about the subtitle? The the Chronicles of Counter Earth. Uh, I know that this series has had like four or five subtitles over its history. I think that Counter Earth is specifically because this is a like 
Earth guy gets transported to another world series. So I think that's just called counter earth, maybe question mark. Again, we don't do research for this show, uh, <laughs> but like, if you look at the modern cover, it's called the Gorian Chronicles. Uh, yes. And that modern cover, um, Vin, would you like to say something nice about this cover? Uh, it's got large birds on it. Uh huh. And people are very into birds these days. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the font is very readable. Mm. Uh, something in the, 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 the 70s cover where the font itself has, uh, it looks like a ruin from better days where there are cracks mm-hmm. in the word gore. Uh, uh, whereas the modern cover, uh, all, all has a very normal font seeming. Yeah. You know? But, uh, yeah, this, this modern cover would not entice me. No, it's very low budget. Yes. So let's get into the text. Probably the best thing about this page is the chapter title, which is a handful of earth <laughs> because this is a rough page. Like mm. even we're early on in this show, but I feel pretty confident in saying that this is going to be uh, a notably bad page in our run. Yeah. There is something about his uh, description of his family that reminds me of earlier books, like the John Carter series. Yeah, there's a lot of there's a lot of John Carter in here, but it never sticks well enough to sort of hold up to that standard. Yeah, yeah. But there is something uh, I don't know whether I want to say charmingly outdated or uh, that, uh, sends a shudder of fear through my spine about a character introducing themselves by immediately introducing their family. Yeah. Like if this, if this were published in 1866, I'd be like, okay, this is about some sort of European politics, etc. This is published in 1966 and this is not, uh, well, we'll get into it. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> our first line is, my name is Tarl Cabot. It is not much of a first line. Uh, I'm not one for like rules of writing, but I do have a pretty solid position that if the title or the first line or the hook of your novel is going to be a proper name, that name really has to sing. And Tarl Cabot does not really do that. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the second paragraph goes goes into uh, what an odd first name that is. So I guess, in a way, the first and second paragraphs are, this is my name, let me explain my last name through my family, Mm -hmm. and my first name. But, yeah, there's a... uh, I mean, there's got to be a drop-off with some people not even getting to that second paragraph, I assume. Yeah, because this whole first paragraph is him talking about how his name is like an Italian name but is not actually that Italian name. And also his family was like clothiers in Bristol. And it really is not a paragraph that goes anywhere. Uh, So C.S. Lewis is not an author who I like, uh, but uh, he is an author whose craft I sometimes grudgingly respect. Mm -hmm. Uh, And he has a first line of a book that goes something like, once upon a time, there was a boy named Eustace Scrubs, 
and he almost deserved it. Mm-hmm. And like that is almost to me like a perfect first line uh, because of that like dynamism of setting up the character. Uh, even that word almost in that sentence where like you kind of think like, oh, this is going to be a bad kid who deserves a bad name, but not quite like there's going to be a, a chance for a change or something. Uh, and I realize I'm going in depth on a, the first line of a book that we're not reading today uh, just because uh, I would rather think of that first line than this first line, <laughs> which is like just a non-starter of a line. Yeah. My name is Tarl Cabot. Like it doesn't have any of the dynamism of a, you know, call me Ishmael that like endlessly talked about uncertainty mm-hmm. about like, what does it mean when someone says call me rather than my name is, but like, yep. at least if, at least even if often parodied, that is something this is not. Yeah. And also it's followed with something. As opposed to, the name is supposed to have been shortened in the 15th century from the Italian surname Caboto. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if we want to jump ahead, but it's so interesting that the last full line of this page almost ends with something that actually is interesting. Yeah, he, he takes a full page to get to a line that is, is good, but there, there's like one good phrase on this. Yeah, yeah. What, 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 what is your uh, what is your thought on what the good phrase is? Uh, let's see. So let's let's do this last line. Skipping over a lot of the middle, we may touch back on it. Who knows? Um, so he starts by this last line by saying, "Biographical details are tedious." Thanks, John. You just <laughs> spent a paragraph and a half telling us the origins of your name. So suffice to say that I was a bright child, fairly large for my age. That's like surprisingly very like boys fiction from like the 1800s. Um, But here we go. And was given a creditable upbringing by my aunt who furnished everything that a child might need with the possible exception of love. Like, okay, you you managed to do a slightly interesting rhetorical turn there, but Mm -hmm. too little too late in my book. Yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, imagine if he had started that line with, uh, excuse me, imagine if he had started that page with Mm -hmm. that line about how he had a credible upbringing and was furnished everything except love. Yeah. And then he had gone into the tedious, his family story. And Mm -hmm. you could kind of get the idea of someone who, uh, yeah, someone who's reaching for, for meaning there. Yeah. So someone who was like, told that he would be good enough if he followed all the rules and so learned all about his family background or something. Uh, whereas here, that's just left to us to invent. Yeah, here we're mostly concerned with his connection to a name that isn't his name and also that he's a redhead. Yeah, and his family uniformly fair-complexioned. Mm-hmm. Which... Sure thing, John. Again, is that like... It, it feels that like that like John Carter, like... You know, like my family goes back ages uh, among the plantation owners. Yeah. Uh, which is just, I mean, coming out in like 18, or actually, I guess coming out in like 1902, like that's a little weird. Uh, mm-hmm. Coming out in like 1960 something. Yeah. I can't even remember. 68? Uh, 66. Coming out in 1966, talking about how your family is all uniformly fair complexioned feels like a statement. Yeah. Uh, like you can sort of track a trajectory from the weird essentialist racism of 
uh, like Edgar Rice Burroughs and Robert E. Howard to the movements of today directly through this, where <laughs> like a lot of authors were like, okay, how do we get away from that stuff? And John Norman is over here like, ooh, what can I do with this? Yeah, 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 yeah. Like he heard someone say, uh, black is beautiful at some point, And he was like, actually, <laughs> let me, let me, uh, let me try to make the counter argument here that white is pretty good. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <sighs> Even his, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And also just as like a footnote to all that, when he's talking about his first name, which he got from his father who, and when he tells us, Oh, it's not a common name on our world. And then tells us that his father, you know, disappeared when I was quite young. Like, you know, on top of all that stuff, way to just blandly foreshadow your plot. Yeah. Like you could have mystery, you could have enigma, or you could just sort of dump it out, but pretend to be coy about it. Yeah. Like you could have mystery or you could get to the point or you could do neither. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that is a, a a a very good point and another uh, writing lesson. I think we should take away from this. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny. He, I think he like he almost pulls it off by then casually mentioning that his his mother died when he was six. Yeah. Uh, some somewhere about the time I entered school, which is a nice like, you know, uh, you know, the, there's an anecdote about uh, Kafka's diary, the day the World War One started, where the entry was. Uh, war broke out in Europe, went swimming. <laughs> There's something about like, oh yeah, my mom died. I remember. I started school. Uh, mm-hmm. Just like, like no particular feelings, no sense of uh, internal life to this character yet. Yeah. Maybe that's, that's the thing that I'm grasping for in that last line. Something where like, I have a feeling like this person has thoughts beyond uh Beyond when he closes his eyes, he just like sees his family tree mm-hmm. and just like scrolls through like where where you or I might close our eyes at the end of the day and worry about all the things that we didn't accomplish. Uh, mm-hmm. Like he he closes his eyes and just thinks like, oh, we've all had red hair. You know? Yeah. He manages to get one phrase on the page that is evocative. Uh, I think that probably covers most of our thoughts on Tarnsman of Gore. Although I guess we haven't actually touched the title. Uh, yeah, which, I have no context. Yeah. Like, I know, it, I distinctly remember looking up the word Tarn, mm-hmm. uh, because it comes up in an Edgar Allan Poe story once, and it's mm. like a high mountain lake, or it's, it's some sort of body of water. And mm. uh, I still don't know what it would mean for someone to be a Tarnsman. Like, does the planet Gore have... Lakemen? Is that? Oh, gosh. I hope that's not like a tribe. Oh, apparently, uh, because I Googled it and the only thing that comes up is this book, uh, tarns are those large birds. Oh, okay. Which I suppose is is dodging a bullet in terms of racism. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Do you think this is like a a proto uh, avatar where he goes to a. another planet or other dimension uh except in this case he discovers that he's presumably uh, of the royal line mm-hmm. of uh the tarnsman uh and he, and he bonds with a bird oh he definitely bonds with a bird oh boy 
Yeah, I don't want to read that. No. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if we have a, a, a rating system for, um, uh, for reading on or shelving. Uh, this feels like a shelf to me. Yeah. I suspect that the best thing about this series is the covers. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, I almost like I I almost want to track down any rumors of like where these books are popular. Mm. Like like is there a known thing among the uh gore fans um where you skip the first one? Oh, I see. The the when does it get good question. Yeah, yeah. The like like what order do you watch the Fast and Furious movies or like which Pratchett books do you skip? Mm-hmm. Uh, do people skip Pratchett books? Like, like well, isn't there a thing? Uh, I mean, I guess we'll have a whole mini series on, on, on Discworld, mm. uh, of which I have read very few. But uh, isn't there a thing where like, like the first one or two were just kind of like straight up Tolkien uh, parody or pastiche? I don't think uh, so. I read the first and one. It's pretty good. Oh, okay. He's very Terry Pratchett right right out the gate. Okay. But I, I stand by Fast and the Furious. Uh, That's fair. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I think we've uh, gotten everything we're going to get out of gore. So, uh, normally this is where we'd play out a guest, but we don't have a guest. So, we're just going to go into the outro. Thanks for joining us on Dark and Stormy Nights. I've been your host, Ben Blackberg, and you can find me on Twitter at InCatastrophe. And I've been your other host, Vin LeBate. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mr. Reciprocity. You can find the games that I write at MrReciprocity.itch.io. And you can find my other podcast, The Chimera, at TheChimera.space, on Twitter at ChimeraPod, or on your podcast app of choice. For show updates, follow Dark Knights Reads on Twitter or visit darknightsreads.com. And we'll meet you back here next week. <laughs>